You're listening to The Echoes with me, Emily Andrew, the self-development podcast that explores personal stories, powerful tools, and an insight into the wide world of mental, physical, and spiritual health. Get ready to get curious, be inspired, and connect in. As you start to walk on the way, the way appears. That Rumi quote was one of the first things that came up in my head when I asked you guys what you wanted me to talk about and confidence came in loud and clear. And confidence is such an interesting subject because confidence feels like something we have to claim. When I have X, then I'll be confident. When I can Y, then I'll be confident we put these rules on confidence. And if we are somebody who experiences black and white thinking or you identify as an all or nothing person, it can be really easy to make a broad definition of ourselves and acknowledge that I am not a confident person. But I'd like us to take a minute and just really think about that statement and ask ourselves how true that actually is. Because it's okay not to be confident in all areas of your life, but it is quite likely that there will be some areas that you are confident in. If confidence is something that is holding us back, then that is something that we might want to work on. And there are so many ways that we can do that, and I'm gonna talk a bit about, especially how EFT helps us in this. But when we look at our life, in this overall spectrum, and deem ourselves as an unconfident person, I think sometimes we are not giving ourselves the kudos that actually we deserve, because I want you to take a minute and segment your life into work, relationships, friendships, learning, health, fitness, family, environment, and all of those inner aspects of life, and ask yourself if any of those, you can turn around and say, no, I actually do feel confident in this part of my life. No, I'm confident in the work that I do. And if you find those pockets, and further analyze those pockets, then you start to get deeper into the whys and the hows and the whens. I have to say at the beginning of this podcast that When I was a child, confidence was not a problem for me. (laughs) I was on stage from a really young age and I felt at home on stage. And I didn't have a problem standing in front of people and talking out loud and being the center of attention. I really craved that actually. But I was most confident when I wasn't playing myself. I was really confident when I wasn't Emily. You know, when I was acting as a part or singing a song and connecting with the emotion and the feeling of that, that was my confident place. And if I look back now and think, actually, was I a really confident child? Yes, in so many aspects I was. And I was told I was confident a lot. But there are also real elements of my life where I wasn't confident in who I was where I felt very odd 
I was a massive tomboy and I didn't really feel at home with the, the girly stuff. You know, I was everyone's friend. I wasn't the romantic interest. But I think what we make that mean in younger life and how we carry those stories can be a real deciding factor of whether we expand our confidence or we contract it. And so acknowledging the areas in our life or the times in our life when we have felt confident is something to be considered and analysed. Have I always been somebody who has struggled with confidence? And if not, what was the change? Was it something that happened? Was it a slow loss? Was it something that shook you up and it felt like a sudden experience overnight? I think a lot of the time as well when we're talking about confidence, we are talking about self-confidence. The confidence that we have in who we are, what we stand for, what we represent, how we show up in the world. And again, that is something that can be nuanced. There's a lot of self-development coaches or life coaches that will turn around and just say, we'll just start doing. And I think that that is something to be explored because if you think about any kind of learning that you've done in your life, you've got to do it before anything else. You can't learn to drive a car just by reading about it. You wouldn't feel confident driving the car unless you had the lessons and made the mistakes. Same with riding a bike or learning a script or singing a song. We can't just listen to a song over and over again and then feel confident singing it, understanding the melodies, understanding how the notes kind of resonate in our own body. Our bodies like to experience and so there is an element of us being able to step out and try the things that we are nervous about or less confident about so that we can start to create the habits and the patterns and the familiarity. There's that whole thing of fake it till you make it, which I don't disagree with, but I think sometimes we miss the bigger picture. What are the barriers to you feeling confident? Why do you find yourself at a loss. And that goes back to those stories. What has happened that have made has made you believe that you are not a confident person? Who or what or why? And allow yourself with compassion to be able to explore those things. Because there will always be an element of we have to do the scary thing to be able to make it not so scary. But for some people, just doing it seems impossible. It's the difference between telling yourself to regulate and actually having the tools in which to regulate. So in an EFT world, what we would do is we would explore those stories. You can tap on, even though I'm not a confident person, I'm choosing to release this idea of myself and embrace a new, more confident me and you can tap on that and notice what comes up and quite often when we're tapping on an issue it's like a sat nav so we enter the destination the destination is I want to be confident and we start tapping on the fact 
of where we are now, which is not a confident person. And it's interesting to see what pops up because sometimes it will be body responses. We imagine ourselves in a position, let's put it into public speaking. I'm not confident standing in front of people and public speaking. Now, there are so many elements to this. It could be, I'm worried I'm gonna make a mistake. It could be whenever I stand up in front of people and everyone looks at me, I feel like my cheeks go red. I feel embarrassed. It could be fear of judgment. And we can tap through all of those feelings, all of the things that comes up, any memories that come up and follow those because those are the things that are holding that body reaction. I've worked with somebody once who, when they were exploring what we were working on, their entire body went red. They had a physical reaction, and I don't think they realized, but as a practitioner, this is the kind of stuff you look out for. They had a full reaction. They, their body just went bright red. And we did the work and we tapped through all the different elements, and at the end, they repeated exactly what they had at the start and had no reaction. Our body holds these stories and it holds these responses, it holds these reactions to the triggers. So when we can start to tap down the fear, the anxiety, the worry, and explore and release the stories, whether that was you stood up in front of your school, once for a performance and you totally forgot the words and everybody laughed or it could be something a lot less obvious than that it could be much more subtle it could be if that fear of judgment is in there that we have learned something new we ran to our parent when we were a really young child and we tried to explain this exciting amazing thing that we've just learned and our parent or caregiver looked at us in a specific way. Maybe they said, I don't have time for this at the moment. Or maybe they papooed it and said, that's silly. Don't, you know, don't be ridiculous. And we had that shame instilled in us. That judgment from them, which we saw as an act against ourselves. Because the world is so much different when we're a child, because everything that happens, we kind of put it onto ourselves. And maybe that six-year-old decided that they never wanted to be put in that position again. So they shut that part of themselves off, or they subconsciously have been trying to avoid any situations where that could happen again. These stories are playing out in the echoes that we aren't even aware of, but when we can tap through them, and we can release them, we can start to build up much more easily the positive experiences that we need in order to become confident. And that is something that isn't talked about that much because a lot of kind of life coaches and self-development are still very much only working with the mind, only working with mindset. But I truly believe and the fourth way the therapy that's coming, this mind-body connection, that if we only focus on the mind or we only focus on the body, then we're missing out something so vital and the results that we get just aren't going to be 
as impressive as they could be. They aren't going to be as quick. And we're going to spend so much longer in our life just trying to act around it, just trying to continue to please the child in us that is scared. So asking yourself what the barriers are for you to be confident is your first question. And this isn't a judgment exercise, this is all curiosity. Something that happens a lot is perfectionism gets in our way. And perfectionism is a way to try and control the outcome. Again, we can go back to stories of why and explore that, but actually being able to give yourself permission to be okay, even if you're not perfect, is another thing to do. Because perfectionism will always pick out the faults. And this is an interesting one, because I think perfectionism comes into our lives quite often, and sometimes it's way more subtle than we actually think of perfectionism as being. So if we are used to being very anxious, we will naturally try and create a kind of perfectionism around confidence. We wait. When I am confident, then I will. So when I'm perfectly confident, when I feel totally confident, then I will do that this. But you're creating a delay. Because what does it actually look like? What is confidence to you? What does that mean? What does it enable you to do? A lot of people put this into a physical aspect. When I lose X, then I will. But we're again, we're putting our happiness and our confidence on external factors. When I lose this much weight, when I earn this much money, when I get this promotion, when I have approval, when I am in a relationship, when I, when I, when I, when, when, when. And it's a way of perfectionism getting in the way so that we don't get to the scary part of actually doing. It gives us a reason to hold back and wait because we don't actually know what the end result will feel like. And I guess the antidote to that is just do it. (laughs) Do the things that you're scared of. Buy the clothes. Go out, talk to the people. And allow yourself to be scared, recognize you're scared, use coping mechanisms. In tapping, a lot of the time, we can tap for future events. So we tap for all the things that could come up. And being able to do that enables us to not only reduce the anxiety or the fear that is present, but it also enables us to play out the future aspect. Because our brain doesn't really know the difference between reality and imagination. So if we can step forward in our mind and think about, and not just think about, but process any of the kind of uncomfortable stuff, that when we actually step out and do it, it's going to feel more familiar, it's going to feel more comfortable, and then we're going to naturally progress into feeling more confident in that environment. I think sometimes we wait for this perfect moment where we are unbelievably, entirely, all round, 100% confident, 
And actually, I think if you ask anybody, there will be certain things that they are not as confident in. And we spend so much of our time comparing ourselves to other people and comparing our journeys to somebody else's for validation, sometimes to make ourselves feel better. We have this comparison, this judgment on others. And I think that in itself can be a stumbling block because we forget to learn what confidence actually means for us. And all we're doing is we're looking outside of ourselves to see what confidence looks like in other people. And it's a self-perceived, it's a, a subjective thing because we don't truly know if somebody else is confident. We can look at these people on Instagram that post photos of themselves, these models, these people on stage, and actually, we can make a big assumption over their lives of whether they are confident people or not. But I think the difference is some people do it anyway and some people let it be a barrier because they don't have the tools to be able to just do it anyway. And that's not something to beat yourself up about, but that's something to become aware of if you see that in yourself. And if you want to change that, knowing that you can change it, and it's about changing the narrative and taking the steps. When we find out what confidence looks like in us, how it looks in ourselves, that's when we know what we're working towards. Because if we're constantly looking at other people and determining this is what they're doing to be confident, they have this, so if I get this, I will be confident, then we're forgetting the most important person in the process, and that's us, that's you. When we talk about confidence in the grand way, it's difficult for us to really pinpoint steps. You'll see a lot of people that try and give you the keys to confidence by following things that are outside of ourselves. But I would always steer first into looking inward at why we aren't confident, why we have this opinion of ourselves. And start from there, at the same time as starting to push the boundaries of what you think that you are able to do. And understand as well that it's not going to be something that you have and then you never let go of. Confidence comes in waves. It comes in different elements and you can have two things to be true at the same time. I took some time and I thought about what areas of life I'm confident in and what areas of life I'm not confident in. And in my work, I am really confident that I am able to hold space for people, that the people that I work with, I help. I give them the tools that they need. I help people to be seen and curious and progress. And there's a lot of elements of my work and what I do that I'm really confident in. I'm really confident standing on stage. I'm confident talking about EFT. I'm confident talking about eating disorders. I'm confident about expressing information. I'm also confident that I don't know everything. And I'm confident that I need to learn more. I'm confident that I need to gain more skills so I can help people even more and in different ways. I'm confident in the things I know and I'm confident in the things that I don't know. 
So where am I unconfident in this? Or where could I be more confident? And I think if you are a self-employed person, a business owner, then there is always, unless you are absolutely killing it, there is also a, a certain level of, am I doing the right thing? You know, I know that I enjoy this work, I know that I help people, but am I going to actually be able to support my family with this? And some days I'm confident in the ability to do that and some days I'm not. Am I confident that I'm ever going to get in front of more people to be able to share my story, share the way I work, share EFT? Not always. But instead of allowing that to hold me back, it's about acknowledging that it's okay for me to not be confident in those areas because, again, if you think about it, they are value-based. They are transactional. They are, if I have X, then I will. And actually, it's really important not to measure your success by how many clients, how much money in the bank, how many followers you have on Instagram, you know, whatever it is. Actually, that is going to waste or pull out your confidence in yourself and your ability. So I take it back to what I do know, and that is about trust. Trust in the next step instead of constantly trying to get to the end result. It's the same with the way that we view our body, your confidence in ourselves. If we're constantly waiting to get to the end result, we're not actually in the moment of the process. So we don't have the ability to enjoy the now and really see the now for what it is, see the, the good bits and the bad bits and see them equally and take the next step with more purpose and more passion because we're spending all of our energy looking at the end result and most likely looking at somebody else's end result, which drains us and just depletes and saps everything that we did have, all the momentum that we did hold. Although there was a part of me that was very confident as a child. And because I had such a passion for acting, I spent years pretending that I was confident. The work on being confident with how I look is a process because for so many years, I was told the way that I looked was unacceptable, that it was repulsive, that I didn't fit in, that nobody would look at me and not just see the best friend or the funny one or the one with the personality. And so being able to work through the stories that either I told myself or the things that happened to me are really vital in taking that step into accepting who I am and how I look. Because the quickest way to zap your confidence when it comes to the way you look is by wishing you were somebody else. And I spent so many years doing that. I'd pretend I was confident, but secretly I wished that I was taller, I was blonde, I, you know, had great boobs and brilliant smile and, you know, all of these things that we're conditioned are quote unquote beautiful. I spent so many years trying to be somebody that I wasn't, that I kept chipping away at the parts of myself that I could be confident about. So by the end, it was like nothing was ever going to be good enough. 
And the build back up of that does take a long time. And it's that beautiful balance of being compassionate to yourself and learning to accept the person that you are right now, as well as supporting your next step into maybe healthier habits or being able to um, embrace your flaws and not constantly pining for somebody that you never were or you never will be. And I think when I was pregnant, that was one of the most comfortable, confident places that I've ever been because I gave my body full permission to do whatever it wanted. It didn't scare me that I put on a lot of weight. It didn't scare me that my body was going to be unrecognizable. You know, I embraced every single moment and I didn't really think about the future because I was just so grateful for my body at that time now. I was grateful for the fact it was breathing and moving and all of the time creating life. And I held on to that after I had my child as well because a lot of the time bounce back culture will be like, well, you know, hurry up, lose the weight, et cetera, et cetera. And being able to accept myself unconditionally like I did my child was a really good lesson because we need to stop giving ourselves these judgment-based must-haves of when and where and how we're going to accept ourselves. It's conditioning. And the more we can decondition ourselves and actually authentically accept who we are, the more that everybody else will take that too. And that was something that I did learn, was that if I accepted myself truly, but even when I was faking it and I wasn't doing any of the work, I could be a magnet sometimes because I had this confident air. There is an element of fake it till you make it, but that is like the very tip of the iceberg. You can, you can do that, but you also need to do the underwork, that kind of actual self-acceptance because then it's going to feel more natural because otherwise we're just living in authentically. We're putting this mask out there to the world, but internally we kind of despise who we are and how we look. And the problem is that the dissonance between who I thought I was and who I was portraying myself to be did create that void in which, you know, my eating problems came in and my drinking came in. So it's kind of a two-pronged approach. And I think that's the same for all of it. Another question, and maybe the last question I'll leave you guys with is who were you before you weren't confident we aren't born unconfident in ourselves and our abilities we go through this beautiful stage when we are growing and learning and making mistakes and powering on through them it's not until we get some kind of external influence that tells us that we've done something bad or we're not good at this or etc etc and some people it it requires going back really really long way and reconnecting with that person that person that was hurt when they were told that they didn't do something well or when they were bullied or when they were thrown food at because they were overweight specific reference there that has happened to me and it's about honoring the way that that part of you felt 
but giving them the option to choose a different way. Because if you are somebody that struggles with confidence and that acceptance of yourself in all the different areas, then it then it is something that might hold you back. And you might want to go back and kind of show them like, this is what we, this is where we end up. So in matrix room printing with EFT, what you do is you go back to that moment, you would tap on the echo. So that subconscious part of yourself that gets stuck, got stuck in that moment or made the decision or the belief of like, well, I'm not good at this. So I'm therefore not going to end up confident. You tap on that, you take that kind of emotional negative charge out of it. And then you give them what they need in order to step forwards in that new way. And that creates a ripple ripple effect. And I believe by combining that somatic work, that somatic cognitive work, and taking the traditional self-development steps that everybody else will tell you to do in order to be confident, I think that is the formula for a lot of people. Maybe not everybody, and that's okay. But we've got to lean into the things that we're not confident in doing to practice what we are confident in doing, we want to be confident in doing. And at the same time, recognize that it's okay. We're going to be okay anyway. Doesn't matter what happens, we will be okay. We will have learned something if it doesn't go right. We will have gained more knowledge or confidence if it does go right. And at the same time of all as that, concentrate on what you are confident in. So are you confident in who you are? Are you confident in what you believe in? Are you confident in your values? Are you confident in your talent? Are you confident in the way that you think about something specifically? Are you confident in your ability to ride a bike? Make a list of all the things you are confident in and then just look forward to the day that you can add in those extra missing pieces for you that you would like to be confident in. Because I don't think that confidence is given to us. I think it's something that we embody. And I think that's why it's difficult when we do just focus on external things like, oh, well, if I go to the gym and I shape up or if I lose this much or if I make this much money, I think that can be a slippery slope. We are giving our power away to external influences. And if it works and it gets us to achieve those goals, then great. But I also think that it can be a limit. And by focusing on what we can do, what we are confident in doing, we're giving ourselves the reminder that it isn't like black and white. Life isn't all or nothing. It's okay to find the shades of gray and it's okay to be black and white at the same time. Embody who you want to be, accept who you are now, And then allow yourself to equip yourself with whatever you need to take that next step. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for joining me again on The Echoes. I love creating stuff that I know people want to listen to. If you have any questions about the podcast or any thoughts, anything you want me to cover, then please get in touch. As always, I am on Instagram at wearemindbody.com. 
You can find me on there, I'm on TikTok, I'm on YouTube, and obviously I've got my website as well. If you can do me one favour today, then please give this podcast a review, share it with somebody that perhaps you've been thinking of, and subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Subscribing to this podcast actually helps it to be seen by even more people. Some of the conversations that I've been having with people coming on as guests have been really wonderful and I think that they're just not to be missed. I hope wherever you're listening to this today that you're having a good day and if it's not a good day then tomorrow there's hope for a better one. I'll see you really soon. Take care. Bye.